Welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. So today we're we're having a, a dance and a conversation around motherhood and sovereignty and, and yeah. what does that mean in, in today's world. And I, and I love this, this balance because I feel like a lot of um, mothers sometimes can get lost in this place of how do I actually remain sovereign as I'm still in my motherhood when all the energy and everything that, you know, life goes towards children and you've been a mother for for a long time and you know i know there's a whole encyclopedia of of information and insight and and things along that line that you can offer and and i know recently as well you know you've been journeying with with a a more challenging place of of motherhood and how that feels so there's a lot we can dive into and i yeah just thank you for being here and uh, thank you for bringing your radiance and your wisdom to this conversation. <laughs> no, Aaron, I'm, I'm so grateful. And um, yeah, just to be involved in this conversation with Queens is uh, just, yeah, such an honor. And also for the, um, for the symposium, the upcoming integrated feminine, I'm so thrilled mm. because I, you know, I think with this movement, this rise of the feminine, this awareness within the collective that, we are stronger as, as, a, as a collected sisterhood, that there's a lot that we can teach each other. There are a lot of um, wounds or separatism that's kept us divided. Something that can be missing sometimes from that piece is that of, um, is that of mothers, is that of the role, when I transition from maiden to mother, how do I retain my woman? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, sold, we sold this myth of, selflessness being the ideal Mm. Uh, for example my daughter she goes to an all-girls school and it's it's it is it's a catholic all-girls school that she chose Mm -hmm. and i said like you can be homeschooled you can be steiner schooled you can be unschooled you can go to the standard school she said i want to go to that one (laughs) and i said okay you can go and um she goes to the school and they sent out an email for Mother's Day where they wanted all the students and all the mothers just to really acknowledge how the ideal mother is Mary because of her selflessness mm. and because of the fact that, you know, everyone else is put in front of her and she's in service constantly. And I'm not against service, you know, mm-hmm. joyful sacrifice is this playful term that I know Chantal and you speak of a lot. Mm. And, and it's something that I really, um, you know, try to embody, but selflessness, this is a trap. And mm. this is a, this is one that I know really well. Unfortunately, I became a mother at 20. Mm. So basically went from teenager into mother mm. straight away. And I, I know that archetype quite strongly. She lives in me and she can sometimes become so strong and so powerful and so uh, can, can dominate some of the more subtler archetypes that for me live, live under her at times. And I think this happens to a lot of mothers, especially when they have two, three, four children quite young in life, mm-hmm. that there's this, um, there's this sense that, you know, there's these beings that are so dependent on you mm. that your own desire for salsa classes, 
you know, is totally covered over by the need for soccer lessons or French for four-year-olds, right? Mm -hmm. Or they, they need to eat and then they poo somewhere and then you've got to feed them and then you forgot the baby music lesson that you promised you'd do because your parents never did for you. There's just a lot to balance constantly that your own relationship to your beloved, your own relationship to, your, to yourself or to nurturing that is really overshadowed. And our culture, my one anyway here, modern Western culture does not does not hold mothers in a supportive role mm. it almost demands more from them like is your baby sleeping through the night Aaron are you are you still breastfeeding Aaron mm. you're carrying your baby all the time because it'll have this attachment issue if you don't mm. is it going to after school care five days a week it should only be going to the pressure to just be all um yeah it's a lot yeah yeah, and 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 my 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 bow and my reverences to you, especially you know I, I hear what you're saying, and, and there's a specific question I want to share inside of that. But I also you know I recognize you as an amazing business owner, as a as a very strong mother, as a as an incredible partner, and there's so much you balance. Even you know as you're sharing earlier, the first time I met you, I could feel all these different things that you're right. balancing, and really <laughs> continuing to show up with such love and joy. And I guess, you know, I'm sure you know that there's a lot of mothers that's, that have this struggle, that challenge with this balance of all these things, because as you're sharing, there can be this place of losing the self and losing like actually the ability to make a choice. What is my desire and, and not my children's, not anyone else's. And society, as you're saying, says, well, all of those desires are important than, than your own. And I see it over and over. Mothers just completely yeah. get lost inside of it. I mean, I witnessed that within even my own mother, beautiful. And she did so much to, to, to raise me. But there are numerous times where it was like I could feel her lost inside of it as I reflect back. So what would be like, like a couple day-to-day -day tips or tools that you could you know, say to a, a mother who's struggling with this balance right now? I know you're going to be teaching an amazing workshop at the, at the symposium. So not yeah. to give away all your secrets, but just you know, maybe a, a nugget or two that someone listening can really... Um, learn a few things for balancing this place between honoring the desires and, you know, being a strong, competent, caring mother. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I think the most important thing or a great place to start for people, something that they can immediately do right now would be to honor at least one of their own desires hmm. per day. So, you know, it can be as simple as, that artwork or that creative endeavor that you've always wanted to do, uh, you, just, you just make room in the house and make time in your day for that to happen, mm -hmm. no matter what. Just like how you feed the kids lunch and you uh, have a sleep at night, that is a part of your day. Mm. I witnessed a beautiful sister recently do, th do this, commit to 30 days where she would do art for at least half an hour for 30 days. And mm. she's actually posted on Facebook her journey and now is selling these art pieces um, just because she was sort of lost in this motherhood tunnel and feeling deeply, deeply unfulfilled. I had another sister who said, I, I'm, I need to focus now on my pleasure. Sex has never been something I've focused on. Mm. So she said to her beloved, 
I want to learn to orgasm with you. And I want to, I've never done this. I feel safer on my own. I want to, I want to play with this with you. And every night he would hold her and they would laugh and they would share and sort of drop deeper and deeper into these levels of connection. And she actually just messaged me a couple of days ago saying it happened for me. I was with him. I wasn't even expecting it. And this, this, this beautiful eruption happens through my body because I gave it the space and gave it the time. And she's like, you know what? I'm a way better mother now because of it. Like I was way more chill with my son and, and she had a really good time. So take, just get clear on that one thing that you're ignoring, that one thing that you're pushing down and, and give yourself the space and time, you know, to do it in a day because I want to, can I share a story, Aaron? Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, when I was, uh, when I was 29, you know, 30, my, around, around that time, my children were six, eight, and 10. And I looked ahead to when I'd be 40, and the children would be more like eight and 17, 19, and 21. And they would be meeting men. And they would be dancing with their own growth and looking forward to a future of travel and exploration and freedom. And I, I sat with that and meditated on that. And I could see that I would be resentful. Mm. I could feel that I would be bitter. I could feel that I would be, I would find it very difficult watching their bodies change and watching them embrace this freedom. And I thought to myself, there must be something significantly wrong within myself. Mm. If that, that joyful time in my baby's life will be met by me with some kind of hesitance, with some kind of resistance. And so the second bit of nugget I would say would be to get really real about what's going on inside. Mm. Because if you're feeling like your, your children's growth or... Uh, jealousy or interesting feelings around them, them growing, you know, they, they look within yourself and say, what am I preventing or what sort of rules or what kind of traps have I put myself in? What kind of cage am I currently sitting in? Mm. If that would trigger me so much. And that was huge impetus for me to choose a different path. Mm. Mm. And within six, within six months of changing the path, I, 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 I can't wait till they grow. I can't wait to meet who they meet. I can't wait to journey alongside them, watching them as the observer, as they, as they move through the waves of love and, and come to me when they need me. Hmm. I, I love that story. And I, I, what I hear in that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is almost this place of like, where as a mother, there's, there's a lot of ownership that happens kind of of this baby that you carry for nine months and then you birth and you're breastfeeding and there's all this place. And I feel like a certain time comes when obviously you, you want to kind of let that, that child be, be free and find yeah. their own wings. And I think that there's a certain like death of that um, relationship and or a shift of that relationship and a death a death of that identity that is necessary in kind of the journey of, of of motherhoods and I see often when when women who are mothers don't aren't willing to to let go of that and let go of the identity of I am only mother and that's the only thing I know and beautiful it's amazing like how powerful mothers are and how much love and compassion and care For they sure. give. But there's also that point where it's like, okay, I need to actually let go of the reins a little bit. And what I'm hearing in your story is that place of 
wow, in, in order for me to let my children have more, more freedom and more wings, I need to maybe shift the relationship to uh, that I'm having with them. Of course, that's still the motherly place, but more of like, how can I, I support them to let them kind of fly on their own and be there alongside them? This is so true. And it's, the, it's that damage of dropping too deeply into the selfless mother ideal. The, the one that we're sold that, you know, <laughs> encourages generations of girls to grow up where they put, they divorce their own spirit in order to be this, this, this mother that they feel um, they're expected to be. And because they can never be that because your children will always <laughs> disappoint or surprise or run that way when you think they're running that way. And that's, that's the beauty of them. That's the magic of them. Mm. There is this, there is this, it's just a trap. And if you don't nurture yourself, if you don't uh, hold your own feminine, if you don't make sure that the other archetypes are being worked over those 20 odd years that mm. you're one of, you know, you're with those, that baby till kind of like adulthood, then you're at risk of them leaving home and you've got this super strong mother archetype, but your lover is still, is still 20. Mm. Your, your, your warrior, she, she's had some, some kind of bits to stretch her arms, but she hasn't really fought for herself ever. She's never, she's never claimed what she wanted. Mm -hmm. that your own um, external gratification becomes something you've got to hold on to. You know, the, the housewife that drinks a lot every night just to kind of get through. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a, it's a confronting moment where it's like, you know, we're not going to do soccer this term mm -hmm. and you are going to go to bed at eight and there is going to be some days where you go to after school care, but you know what? Your mom is going to be so freaking happy and you're going to feel it in her cooking. <laughs> and you're going to feel it in the way she can show up for you and hear you and not be dominated by her own stories. Mm. And you're going to be proud of her one day when she's like salsa dancing and making you cringe like my daughter was at the you know disco the other day like. <laughs> so, yeah the, 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 one of the, the themes and i know that you really you know a lot of the, the message that you bring into the world is this beautiful dance of you know i can almost call it like the erotic mother you know not that that's mm. the, but like this place yeah for sure embracing the, your sexuality but still being in this place of being a really strong, clear, competent mother. I'm sure that along the, this way of, of embracing your sexuality, you get messages and mothers that are like, oh my God, you're ruining your children's lives. <laughs> bah, 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 how you're exposing them. To so and, and I'd love to just kind of dive into this conversation because this one obviously is very thick. And, you know, this place of where as a mother, you know, in this place of your own sovereignty, but also kind of your, your children's sovereignty around these conversations of sexuality, because it's, you know, it's part of our innate being. Society does a pretty miserable job of, yeah. of encouraging healthy conscious, conscious conversations of sexuality. But it, it's such a, you know, it's such a freeing place. Like, I mean, I even looked at with, with Raven and her two kids, like, there's a, a very open conversation around sexuality. Sometimes they're a little weird, but in, in general, it's like the, the, there's no shame or blame or anything around it. And it actually creates more spaciousness, I see, in their dynamic when it doesn't have to be, oh, we're afraid to talk about this. But yeah. 
what what are some of the the, the challenges and the learnings that you gained with this with this dance? <laughs> oh, where do I begin here? I've had I've had messages like I preferred the old Nikki that wasn't so sexual. Mm. You know, it's like oh, did you? That's nice. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm super happy for you. Like, good on you. What do you want me to do about that? Because I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I went to, you know, the, the biggest indicator studies show, the biggest indicator uh, regarding whether or not your children will have a healthy and fulfilling sex life is if they witnessed it from you. Mm. Yep, there's the potential to do loads of personal work. Don't we know that, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the biggest indicator. It's one of the, the, the single most powerful gifts you can give your children is, like you say, Raven's open communication with her children. Mm. Um, I went to the sex ed night at this Catholic school a couple of weeks ago because they said, oh, if any of the parents are nervous about what we're teaching the girls, come along and, and we'll make it okay for you. Now, my, um, my uh, goal for going was not because I was nervous that they might overshare. Mm-hmm. It was that perhaps abstinence would be taught as something that would bring them closer to God or, um, or be sort of clothed in shame or, you know, I had my own reasons for going and making sure, right? And I just wanted to listen. And at this night, they talked about the fact that by age nine, Something like 70% of children have had some form of access or um, uh, exposure to pornography on the internet. Mm. And for me, I'd rather them hear about blowjobs or anal sex or, or any aspect of relating from me mm. than from some internet site. Mm. And it's such a common part of our conversation at home. And it kind of goes like this. Uh, they ask me a question and I respond to the level of their question. Mm. I don't go further than that and try and dominate the conversation. We go as far as they want to go and then we stop. Mm. Mm. And they just build on their knowledge. And sometimes if I say vagina, they're like, mom, you know, they're, they're just like kids. They're super funny. My 13 year old is saying, can you please not like my Instagram posts because my friends will see that you're my mom and I don't want you to be associated with me like that on Instagram right now. And it's like, absolutely. Um, Her friends are like, we really need to get to know your mom because we're meeting boys and she seems like the only mom we can talk to about some of the things we're going through. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're going to dance with a whole lot of stuff like that. And I think my, my goal is, and my message to anyone is anything you're trying to hide or, or put underneath the covers or not show your children or protect them from, ask yourself why Mm. ask yourself why Mm. because for my children to know that they can fall in love and that mistakes happen and hearts break and then you build again like recently with my miscarriage people said oh did you you know hide it from the children and I thought about it and a lot of me wanted to you know a lot of me wanted to deal with it on my own and, and keep it over there and, and show them that life is really quite shiny and that they'll have no troubles ever. And that, you know, I want to pave a way for them. I, I want it to be easy for them, but that's just not the reality. And it's, it's unfair. And I thought, no, more importantly, I want them to know that if they face this or if their friends face this, they can have this reference point of me perhaps who went through it and who cried and then who got up and made dinner 
And then who cried a little less the next day and then looked after herself and then still tried to go to some classes and fitness and keep in touch with people and share honestly and openly. And then, and then a few weeks down the track had built herself up to a place where, you know, things were okay. Mm -hmm. I'd like them, I'd like them to have that reference point. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's, it's a big one and yeah, there's so many different beliefs, but Hey, look, this is my body. It birthed three children. It's, it's mine. There's nothing to be afraid of. We're naked here. You know, it, that, that feels more truthful than, than any kind of hiding or shame or, um, yeah, I'm not going to definitely give them any body image issues that they, that they don't need. And by embracing my wobbles and shakes and everything like that, I think is like better than hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I love one of the things you shared there just would like to, for mothers to really notice, like to take that moment to pause and to think, wow, am I not having this conversation or trying to hide something simply because I'm afraid of what emotions might arise within myself as a mother or within the child. And, you know, that's such a, a key piece in the, you know, our evolution. And, you know, as you know, it's like if that moment comes when we can recognize, wow, I'm seeing now that there's something I'm trying to push down that I don't want to express. And it's that moment is so freeing. And with these very, you know, can be tender, you know, subjects. And, and again, I love what you shared with when they asked a question, it's like meet them at the point of their question and not taking them beyond. And I think that's the other thing I see sometimes when children have had this very like expansive, you know, sexual openness around the family. Sometimes the, the, uh, the downside of that is almost like their parents took it too far, you know, and, sure. and it, no, there is a danger of that for yeah. sure. Treat it like death, you mm -hmm. know, in an interesting way. My children will say, ask me questions about death. And then all of a sudden the questions will stop and they'll be over there and they'll be asking something else. They know what's enough. Mm -hmm. Even the, the separation between me and their dad, the youngest will start to ask about it, become very interested. And then I'll, I'll start to share, you know, bits here and there. Um, then she'll change the subject. And in my opinion, we're just getting, oh, I, I want to finish. And I, and I realize Nikki's not about you. You stop. Let her, let her guide the conversation and take on as much as she can. You know, kids will cry and release and then jump back up. You know, they're masters of what they can hold. They're not yet projecting. They're not yet um, taking on what they can't. They're not more available than they have availability for. Mm. And so let them guide these tender, tender discussions. Um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I see, you know, like my, my sister and her wife are raising two boys and, you know, they're young boys and it's a, it's a very, and I mean, I haven't been back in Boston now for, for a while, just for this whole COVID situation, but, you know, I can see sometimes when these conversations around, you know, the penis and, and all this, like there's a little bit of awkwardness that they own, you know, they're finding their way as mothers and doing the best they can, which is beautiful. But I can really feel like as that mother or father in that role, like when these sometimes more awkward places arise, really to, to, to take a deeper look and to look at most of the time what society has shown us is very, you know, there's not a lot of education around this. And I feel like the, the world and the, the, the vision I have for all of us is where 
healthy conscious sexuality can can be communicated and can be seen and can be celebrated and it's like wow you know when a a, a young girl's period come comes it's mm. a celebration and not a oh yeah. you know pushing you away oh my god this is weird you know and yeah. everything else that comes with and more yeah. like the natural rhythms of the body come into this place and i think you know the mothers i see doing this so well just have this very open expansion about them and not that's actually the transmission of their being and like when i feel that it's like oh my heart gets so warm and thankful that that there are mothers leading that way and when i feel you and your mother like that's how i feel so it's beautiful to, to see you guiding that and to say yeah you can be beautiful whatever size shape and form you are and you can be sexual and you can be all of that and you know the, the the kind of the other piece with this is is sometimes i see mothers you know so deep in their motherhood place that they forget what sex is and they forget to set set time aside for that because i i'm sure you know it's happened it's like the days can just get filled and before you know it's been a month or a year and you're like oh my god i haven't actually had sex or done anything oh yeah were that no no for for sure you spend this day like your nipples are just being like taken by a baby and then your toddler when you try and poo your toddler's like pulling at your pants and then you try and get changed and you get halfway changed and the baby needs feeding so you're kind of breastfeeding and putting the clothes on so you just do the mum bun like you know like and then just go out and you're trying to drive and eating the porridge in the car and then and then you and then you get home and your husband's like right i'm ready for you baby and you're like, oh, just like, I just don't need it. Right. And that place there is one that so many mothers know. They say, I feel I'm just taken all day. And that's where we've got it so wrong. There's got to be a time. There's got to be some way that, um, oh, I'm, I'm saying this and I'm just remembering having three under five and how much easier it is to say than do. So I feel all the mothers listening, but some way where you remember that woman within, the woman who does enjoy to be touched and played with and, and heard um, the stimulation of the mind, the stimulation of the body is all important, not just the nurturing aspect because you cannot give from an empty cup. You cannot keep making yourself available when you're not available because I did it and eventually things just come absolutely crashing to a halt Mm -hmm. and then absolutely just dissolve. And so just, just that's a, that's a really key piece to remember. Um, I think also that um, when navigating motherhood and sovereignty, it's, it's like, okay, I'm a mother. I'm pretty good at holding space for a lot. What part of myself am I neglecting? It's a wonderful opportunity for deeper self-reflection. You know, what kind of, when these kids grow up, what kind of mother do I want to have been? Mm -hmm. And I tell you right now, your kids don't want you to have resentment that you gave up stuff for them. Mm. Your kids don't want you to stay with their dad just because you thought it would make them happier when the relationship wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Your kids don't want you to say, oh, mum divorced her own spirit for us, but we got through. You know, they, they don't want that. They want, they want someone who, they want, they want someone to demonstrate and to embody and to give them the transmission of self-care 
as well as holding another because if they learn from you that selflessness is the ideal, then they will go on to seek relationships where they too overgive. Mm -hmm. They'll find themselves in employee employer dynamics where they are always trying to please, mm. but not able to receive women who can't orgasm because they can't receive pleasure. They can't receive touch. Um, yeah, the greatest gift is, is calling, calling halt and taking up the space that you require and loving and giving and mothering from that place. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, and I love this place of like claiming what space is, is yours as a mother and the necessity of that because in the claiming of that individual space, there's actually more to give from the overflow. Um, yeah, the, the how, how sexy are mamas, Aaron? Oh, oh, just... Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's speechless, guys. Mamas are so, they know their pussy, they know their body, they know what they'll have and what they won't tolerate. Yeah. They call you to rise as a man, right? A woman who is like a mama yeah. is like, I don't know, time to waste. You know, this is going to be like an epic connection. It's going to be nothing at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, this, this, you know, relationship I've been in now with Raven is, you know, it's the first one I've, I've really dove into in a place w with a woman who's a very powerful, dynamic business owner, mother, you know, friend, all, all of the things. And, you know, I love like there's such a deeper, nurturing, loving place inside of her heart, I feel from her journey as a mother that just expands into this incredibly compassionate um place that just allows and accepts i mean she certainly get, get gets her own levels of, of rage and frustration mm -hmm. like yeah capacity to hold love has given me like my own inner feminine such a deep transmission of such a deep like representation and example of something to really like reflect back on in the moments when I'm like, you know, a condescending prick. It's like, okay, wow, can I, can I open my heart and, and love more deeply in this moment? And it, it, yeah, it's so powerful. Mm. I think, I think also if you, if you take the brave step and cultivate the woman as well as the warrior, give space to the lover, make sure that they're all living within you. You know, I, I always do this because, it, you know, my mother is like here and then the, like, I'm like, come on and just like bring in all the different aspects. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you get to the place where I've, I sort of found more and more I'm in where it's like, is this going to serve me or is this going to not serve me? Mm. Or am I going to, is this going to be a place of joyful sacrifice and of gifting and of like bringing me, bringing me um, fulfillment or not? And it is, or it isn't. Mm. Decisions are clear. Business goes super well. My house is, is beautiful. My children are thriving. My relationship is either rising or it's having a pause and having, a, you know, you just get like really clear on your decisions. There's no murky, there's no kind of, oh, uh, didn't do a good destination purposelessness lackluster for life it's just like there's this kind of clarity about it mm. because they get in a masculine i think kind of like really rises and, and holds a, a powerful powerful mothers often got a good sense of that mm -hmm. you know quite an integrated in a masculine that's not dominating but is very present mm. and he's like is this gonna so you know it's not leave it let it go Mm -hmm. Is this going to, yeah, okay, we'll go here. Is this, we'll trial it, but I'm going to call you back if you get lost, mm -hmm. right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they work so well, all these different dynamics. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the the last piece is so much good juice in here. The last piece I want to bring in, and, and I know it's, you know, something that you've been navigating just recently and, and more from a place of what you've learned as well as women who maybe have gone through a similar journey. And, and really this, this last couple months, I know like you've gone into some some darker places and finding light and staying with that and writing all these these areas that the you know as you shared before this miscarriage just brought up and i'd love for you yeah. to kind of share a little bit more of that experience like what lessons were learned um what you might say to women because right now you know somewhere in the world there are women going through that same place of, of losing their child you know i um it wasn't to the same degree, but I remember um, many, many years ago, a partner, we weren't trying to um, have, have children, but, you know, had a, had a miscarriage. And it was like, you know, we kept it all very, very compact and in, in, in this mm. container. But there was so much emotion that arose from, from within her and so much things that came up. And it, I could feel the, the, you know, this, the layers and layers of agony and frustration and, and despair and sadness. And yeah, so I guess any words of, of, of support or wisdom or what this journey has been for you, I'd love to hear some of what you've learned. through. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. And I think on the symposium, I'll also put a real piece, um, put a real uh, part of this, uh, of the, of the time I have aside mm. for, for talking about what happens when you give birth to death. Mm. because we think of motherhood always as this like um, birthing of light, birthing of life, birthing of potential. But as much as it's that, it's also, um, it's also release and it's also destruction and it's also death. Mm-hmm. And if one in every two to three women are, are miscarrying every live pregnancy, which is the current statistic that they think so many go, um, uh, you know, undetermined at the beginning, then, then we're dealing with something that you are, you know, women are likely to experience one at some stage in their life. And I know for me, I thought I'm fertile. I get pregnant so easy. I grow these like super tall babies, super strong, super fit, super bright. And I'm like, yes. And just looking in the mirror and being like, you one died. You couldn't hold it. Mm-hmm. Dealing with um, guilt, regret, and also blame. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not successful, then am I worthy? Mm-hmm. The link between success and worthiness was a deep one for me to look at. Mm-hmm. I first class honors degrees. I don't do anything unless it's done well. I bought a house at 24. You know, like I'm success is somewhere that I've pinned, I've pinned onto my badge, you know, like I am successful. And if I take that off because I had a baby that died in me and I could do nothing about it, am I still worthy? And that was like a really funny, weird one for me to journey with. Um, I also decided to birth it naturally. So once I found out that the baby was, didn't have a heartbeat and we grieved, we could go into a surgery and just have it removed and done and out of it. And I was encouraged by some older mentoring woman to, to journey with death for a while. Mm. Uh, COVID had just shut down the country. We're in lockdown. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't meet with people. I sort of went completely off social media. And I just sat with death. I'd wake up at 2 a.m. every night and just sit in the darkness. I sat with the dead birds that my cat would 
bring in and I would just be, I would be with be in the place of destruction, something I, I have ran from in my life. I've, mm-hmm. I like light. I like playfulness. I, I love life. I love vibrancy, mm-hmm. but I, I can't fully appreciate that if I can't also sit in my own shadow or sit in, sit in the stuff that, um, so my womb was like a tomb mm-hmm. for about four weeks, actually, where the baby had passed, but my body did not yet release it. And, um, that was a really, really interesting time where a lot of layers came off me, a lot of fear I had, a lot of clarity and truth around those around me, where I wanted to go. Um, for the first time, yeah, just stopping in many years, really experiencing a winter of the soul and like a, 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 an external winter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in that, I saw through, through, through fresh eyes my own children. I saw... I saw the potential for a death of myself and a rebirth of myself as I'd like it. Mm-hmm. Um, what then followed is I was just thought I was through it. And then I was hospitalized because of, um, uh, I, I needed the surgery in the end. My body wouldn't fully release it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was a whole different process whereby medicalized having to surrender full surgery, then, then losing a lot of blood and, and actually, yeah, yeah getting really close to actual death myself with wrong medication and and some complications. So it's been a really, really interesting journey. You know, by the time that the baby left me, I would have been 20 weeks pregnant. So yeah, very, very interesting. But I think it's um, for women, you know, journeying through it, that sense that you're not alone, the sense that if you're committed and if you're open to it, that there are gifts that may be very, very difficult to face. Um, for me, losing a lot of blood was like, why is my life force leaving me? Mm. In what ways am I draining my life force and not being conscious of it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a, when you work with the dark mother, this is like, it's a harsh wake up call. It's a couple of slaps across the face. But coming on the other side, I feel spring approached literally and within and i'm grateful for that dark dive i picked up some some things at the bottom and i brought them up with me and and that feels exciting yeah beautiful thank thank you so much for sharing your journey and i know that there's yeah so much more that you'll be sharing and and guiding and and taking people into the the workshop delivering in the symposium and yeah i can really feel just in this conversation the your your journey with death and the, the the layers that it's kind of opened up within you i can feel it a greater depth inside of you that yeah it's mm. really beautiful to, to witness so um thank, thank you, you. For your, your bravery to to even have this conversation and, and have dialogue around it and bring it forth and and even that alone i know is is where you know a lot of women can struggle so yeah um, for sure I know in this particular life, I won't have that, you know, body um, reality. But, you know, if you're listening to this as a woman and you're struggling, you know, reach out, reach out, reach out out and and find, you know, find support where you might feel like, you know, you had nowhere to to reach to. So I think also it will be tempting for Franco and I to show up really shiny and be like, well, we'll keep that one under the cover and we'll just post a nice picture of us lying in bed, looking all beautiful and nude and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's not my work. That's not my purpose. That's I'm not a porn star just showing the like, you know, shiny side or some kind of 
um, two dimensional, like, you know, screensaver. It's like, I'm, I, I, this is real and this is what I'm going through and you follow my journey, you get everything. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not going to be just like a, a one-sided thing. And so there's a level of exposure there. That's quite terrifying. And I've been holding myself in that because yeah, there's a lot of energy out there. A lot of people that know a lot of people stopping me in, in Kmart, you know, like I'm just in Kmart and it's like, Oh no, oh. but there's also like a, Oh, release because I am worthy. Even if I wasn't successful in that pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I'm super excited to, that you're, you're coming to the symposium and, and bringing your, your sovereignty and motherhood and, and how to move through that and, and sharing even more tools and, and ways for, for women and you know this symposium is for men as well to, to have a sure. um, perspective and to learn more and I know in a male body the more I have dialogue like this it just brings so much more like compassion and understanding and mm. you know, my, my day-to-day reality that is quite different than a female body so th- thank you for who you are thank you for the work you're doing in the world it's such a joy to to have you as a friend in this life oh and you Aaron so much I think that my friend did like a 10-hour yin class once and I reckon that we should do this you know like a 10-hour Facebook live and just bring in epic discussions because I reckon we could I reckon we could run that for a while yeah there's a there's a lot in there (laughs) (laughs) hey but um I yes I'm looking forward to the symposium and anyone reach out I'm going to send you links Aaron will send you links. Listen to his podcast as well, Secrets of Spiritual Sex. Aaron and I do a great interview uh, where you, yeah, you, you dive deep into is sex even spiritual. So that's, um, that was another fun conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm going to sign off here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Elia Tantra School or visit elia.com.au. See you next time.